Today on In the House, we sit down with Matt Garcia and Nicole Marshall of Matt Garcia Design. We talk about their background and their pathway into design. We discuss a recent remodel of theirs that Adrian and I toured, and we learned about some of the challenges associated with that project. We talk at length about some of their work and how early they like to involve the builder in that process. This is our last episode of the year, and I hope that everyone is spending much needed quality time with their families. Thank you to everyone listening and supporting this podcast. We look forward to bringing you new and intriguing conversations in the new year. We hope you like this episode. If you do, share with a friend and give us a five-star rating. Thanks for listening. Welcome into the house. Uh, today we are speaking with Matt Garcia and Nicole Marshall of Matt Garcia Design. Uh, Matt studied at Texas Tech and has practiced architecture in Los Angeles, San Antonio, and here in Austin. Uh, Nicole studied at the University of Texas and has been with Matt Garcia Design. Sorry, Matt Garcia Design almost since its inception. Uh, the work has been featured in publications such as Trebeza, Lux, and Modern Luxury Interiors. So, Matt, Nicole, welcome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. thank you. So, I always am interested to hear people's stories and their background, where you grew up, what what was ha- your your family like, you know, yeah. and and what led you into the path that that you're on today, and you know what led you into architecture and design and all that. Yeah, for sure. So which which one do you want to go first? I mean, Nicole, ladies first, so. I can take it away. Um, Yeah, so I was born and raised in uh, California. Uh, Moved to Texas my senior year of high school, which was a transition. Um, Then decided to go to Austin for school, and that transition was, you know, originally I went through school thinking, you know, I was good at math, good at science, let's do engineering. And then as a senior, just realized that while that was something that I would be good at, it just wasn't something that I loved. And so it was just a conversation that I had with my mom of just spitballing, well, what am I going to do? What am I going to apply for to go to college for? And so, yeah, just, it was kind of just like a guess, like, let's just do architecture. You know, I'm great at art. I love art. Let's see if I can mix the two. And that's very naively thinking, like math and architecture you know that's <laughs> yeah. not really what it is but um so i knew I'm, i wanted to stay close to home so i applied to pretty much all the colleges in texas and um i liked the architecture school at austin the best and that's where i ended up um i actually did not get into the architecture program at ut okay uh it was the only Austin, or the only school in uh texas that i didn't get into the architecture program <laughs> Um, but yeah, it just turned into a, if you don't apply or if you don't go to UT, you're not going to be able to transfer or very unlikely to be able to transfer from a different school. And if you want to go to architecture school at UT, you need to go here. And so that's what I did and took, um, Larry Speck's class as Mm -hmm. a non-architecture student and really fell in love with it and reapplied and got in. So I've heard that name tossed around a lot and I actually just listened to the episode with uh, Adrian Ramsey where he sat down with with Larry Speck and um, so that was uh, that was an interesting discussion but uh, so what made you jump to uh, engineering first of all 
Like, why? How, what made you think that that was that was the path that you wanted to it take? It was really like English history. That just was never anything one that I was interested or two that I was really good at. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, it was just math was just something I was always good at. I did like the science side of it, so maybe it would kind of go in that direction. Um, but I think even going like more of a technical like construction aspect it just wasn't in my mind at the time it wasn't creative enough it was just the art it was like trying to mesh the art and the creativity with something a little bit more technical so anything um you know when you were when you were growing up you know or maybe going through high school you know what did were you musical or were you into art in in that uh i did learn how to play the piano that didn't really go anywhere. <laughs> um, I took, um, in high school, I took French. And while I also was not good at that, I went to France um, between the summer between my junior and my senior year. And so I do think that played a big role in just being able to, that was the first time I'd ever been outside of the country. Um, and then just being in Europe and seeing all the architecture and the yeah. history. And that was wildly inspiring. So I definitely think that played a role in that decision kind of my senior year and deciding what direction to yeah. to go in. What do you think, um, when you were over there, yeah. what kind of gripped you the most? You know, what, what was about the architecture? Um, I think... Or who's your favorite, I guess? Do you have a name? Yeah, no. no. Especially not in, like, that part of yeah. the world. But I think it was just the just how old everything was and just how large everything was yeah. just, just the it was it wasn't like anything I'd ever seen here I hadn't actually even really traveled I hadn't traveled to New York City I hadn't really been anywhere that had a history mm-hmm. like it did exactly Presence. exactly yeah. um so to be around to be in a space where structure just was kind of predominant in the way you like kind of move through a city it was it was a totally different environment than I'd ever been in before. Um, yeah, so not so. even yeah, while like I'm not necessarily that interested in that type of architecture sure, that you sure. see there. It just it had a presence like I hadn't kind of experienced before. Yeah. yeah, even from like a build perspective, I mean it's you know when you see these these massive buildings and they're all stone, mm-hmm. you know, and you just think about the sheer monumental effort that it must have taken to to build these buildings. I mean it truly is inspiring even even from that perspective yeah i mean that's that's definitely on my bucket list i've never been to to europe or anywhere you know outside of the united states across the pond uh, but uh yeah that's definitely uh that's a very interesting story and um, yeah i've never never been over there but i'd like to make that happen <clears throat> well matt <clears throat> so what about you what's what's your what's your story um from san antonio originally uh, born and raised there, and then uh, went to Texas Tech for school, and was in Lubbock for six years, and really loved it. And then, um, yeah, went to Los Angeles for a little bit, and came back to Texas. It was just a little too, um, it was tough being an intern architect in Los Angeles. Just mm-hmm. the scale, and uh, just the, you know, it was it was a lot. Um, but yeah, uh, came back to Austin, uh, worked for Dick Clark for uh, okay. about six years and worked really closely with him and got to work on some really awesome houses and had uh, two great mentors there, Dick and Kevin Gallagher. And um, yeah, started MGD in 2011 and mm-hmm. been going since. What do you think brought that about? You know, like what, what 
told you this was a need, like you had to start your own firm. Was that a goal, you know, since you were young or was this something you thought like something is lacking here and I need to step up and fill the void? Yeah, it was, it was kind of funny. It was just kind of a funny time in Austin. Uh, It was like, you know, 2008, nine, you know, we're pretty big for, you know, housing (laughs) obviously. And, um, you know, at the time at Dick's office, you know, we lost, you know, a lot of work kind of went away, big work went away, and, you know, like every office in town, we had to scale back pretty significantly in staff, and um, we were starting to come out of it a little bit, and we were just at a point where the office was very, you know, top-heavy. It was, you know, Dick, a lot of the senior associates, and me and a couple of people, and it just felt like in that moment, I'd kind of, like, hit my ceiling there, Mm -hmm. I'd kind of maxed out. And uh, my project that I was working on was kind of wrapping up soon. And, uh, you know, it was just a slow time. Um, but, yeah, I had some clients that I had worked with in the past uh, reach out and said, hey, you know, we're looking to kind of capitalize on this downtime and build something that will cost her a little lower mm-hmm. and people a little hungrier. And, you know, would you want to do this project on your own? And um, I knew them. I trusted them. And I think they, you know, I knew that they kind of knew my situation, you know, that I needed to, you know, I was, it was going to be a big risk for me to do that. So yeah, it was just kind of things fell into place and just with, you know, what was going on in town, it just seemed like the right time to try it. Yeah. And yeah, see what was going to happen. What what was your first project on your own and kind of what what was that like, that that process? Um, It was a project uh, for this wonderful couple. Uh, It was a house on Stratford. Um, a really difficult lot. It was super steep, and it hadn't been built on um, for that reason. It was mm-hmm. just you know really steep. They uh, we had a great relationship. Um, they had there were a couple that I had met while I was at Dick Clark's office, and uh, we just formed a really wonderful relationship and loved working together. Yeah, it was a uh, we had a great builder. Mike Pataglia built that first house, and had worked with him a little bit while I was at Dick's. And uh, it was just a wonderful experience, to be honest. Um, really cool people. Nicole worked on that project a little bit, you know, when she came on. And, um, yeah, that's kind of what got everything started. Uh, but, yeah, it was a cool house, very simple. They had just become empty nesters. And um, we were just playing with connecting them to, you know, they have this great, um, you know, the site's, it's a big site. And it's very, you know, it's just up from Zilker Park, 10 minutes from the city, or from downtown. But it feels like you're kind of in the middle of nowhere, just surrounded in trees, and there's a creek that runs through the back of the property, and mm. it was a really inspiring site. It was super challenging, to, kind of our first project, to be this super steep, like, wow, <laughs> you know, this is going to be tough. Um, but yeah, and then later, years later, we did a little uh, addition to that first project, so that was kind of cool to come back and look at it from like, you know, what was kind of missing here, and uh, give them some more space that they needed in a couple areas. Nice. Well, what? So, how big? How big's the firm today? I mean, we're three people. Okay. Uh, we've been four for the past couple of years, <clears throat> but uh, we just had one of our employees uh, go back to graduate school. Uh-huh. So yeah, we're three right now, and um, yeah, we've always been pretty small. Four has always been our max. Yeah. Um, yeah, we kind of like keeping it uh, tight, and yeah. you know, um, it's a little bit easier for Nicole and I to manage. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely easier communication. For sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, so what's Nicole kind of describe to me like what what's your role what how do you work together you know what's your day to day? So I think it's kind of it's evolved. 
yeah. over the course of... Yeah, I mean, it's been, it's what, like 10, 12 years? 12 years? 12 years? Uh, 11, 11 and change, yeah. 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 It has evolved. Yeah, yeah I can imagine. Uh, I had to wear a lot of hats. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it started off as, I think I came on as a intern for six months. Okay. That was yeah. like the job title as yeah. intern. <laughs> I can guarantee you this much time. Yeah. Not sure after that. Just, right. Yeah, evolved after that. Um, no, yeah, I mean, I think it really has evolved from me just doing, you know, red lines and, you know, working in CAD to now I'm project managing. So, um, Matt kind of has his projects and I have my projects and Matt's involved in all of it, but I have projects that I'm kind of in control of and Mm -hmm. just kind of taking them from the bottom up really. So we do, we're doing all of it from schematic to you know, CDs and working with the clients and getting into the details and if the client wants picking out selections and interiors and fixtures and yeah it's all about CA we're kind of getting our hands dirty and all of it very cool yeah 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 because yeah, we just walked remind me the name of the one we went to see we went and saw our uh, Austin Country Club remodel yeah okay Austin Country Club um yeah and you kind of mentioned that that y'all did all of the interiors for that one. Yeah. It was an interesting project because, you know, it wasn't until I really got started on it where I was like, wow, this is, we're not doing anything with the building envelope yeah. or the openings <laughs> or any of that. It's just an interior project. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, what we showed you guys, we punched a couple holes here and there and added some square footage, but, um, yeah. you know, from the outside, it looks kind of the same. Um, so that was an interesting challenge to see it from that way and then, yeah, take on the, you know, really the first time where we took on the full scope of doing all of the interiors. Yeah. So that was a huge learning curve for us. And, um, you know, um, our interns, Rebecca and Nyla, really had a huge role in like setting up new um, templates and new ways to present, you know, this new type of work we were showing to clients. Yeah. And of course, Nicole worked really closely with them on that. But, um, yeah, it was exciting to, you know, realize, yeah, we can do this, and we like to do it. It's fun to, like, you know, have these projects that are super cohesive in terms of how we're thinking about them. So, yeah, that was a huge learning experience and, like, very valuable for us, and I hope we get to keep doing it. Yeah, that one was really unique, and, and definitely, I, and I mentioned this at the time, like, my first impression walking up was just, oh, my gosh, what <laughs> is this place? <laughs> Matt's not showing us his best work today. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. I was like, man, what, what did you bring us to? Because, yeah, if I could paint a picture in your mind, it's so the outside of it, it's a it's a country club, right? Yeah. And and so there's, you know, very strict guidelines, you know, by totally. the HOA yeah. on, you know, what the exterior facade has to look like. Yeah. And it's very particular. Conservative, but bland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's very apt yeah. description. Conservative, but bland. And, uh, of course, it matches, you know, the, the, the two units, I guess, that neighbor it. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, my first impression was just like, oh, man, what is this? But no, you walk in the door and it, man, does it transform. Yeah. And it is not at all what I was imagining in my <laughs> head. Um, and so, just gorgeous. I mean, you, you walk in, massive steel, uh, perforated steel staircase with some wood treads uh, by, by drop, drop house. By drop yeah. house. Um, and just really, really fine detail work. I mean, a tip of the hat to your builder, um, Dalville. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, shout out to them. They they really pulled that off. Really <laughs> fantastic job. No, totally. Um, so GC Techs, they yeah. were out there. They did yeah. a lot of sharp stuff. Yeah, they yeah. did a lot of work on that project. Yeah, those. I mean, I, I think everybody you had involved out there seemed like you know they really pulled it off. They they did a phenomenal job. Totally. We had um, you know we had the best subs on that project. Absolutely. And, uh, guys that are easy to work with and. You know, work with architects, so it's not, you know, they get what we're going for. Yeah. They get that everything has to line up, everything's got to be centered or something. Um, yeah, they, they can see your, your vision. Totally. Yeah. They totally understand what we're going for. And, um, yeah, it just felt like a really collaborative process, that whole project. Um, it, was a, it was a dream project in a lot of ways. Yeah. So. Well, what, what were some of the challenges as far as the interiors that, you know, you had mentioned earlier was that there was some learning curve involved with that i mean so kind of can you go into depth as far as like what is the challenge with having to strictly focus on interiors and you know picking all the light fixtures right and the, the totally yeah it's the amount of time yeah. it takes it's kind of hard to estimate like how long is it going to take to order you know one dining room pendant and the entry pendant and just the amount of correspondence and back and forth and you know, everything comes in a million different finishes and, you know, just the amount of communication back and forth between the vendors and then, of course, getting it, like, shipped and stored and protected and inspected and, you know, it stays nice and neat till it shows up on the job site and it's just a lot of logistics and it just takes way more time than I could have possibly ever imagined. Um, so that was the, you know, kind of... So true. Yeah, so true. It's, That's what we deal with every day. Totally, sourcing yeah. things takes way longer than you think. You know, we're kind of to do used, it right. Exactly. You know, we're kind of used to going on Amazon and it can be here tomorrow. You know, mm-hmm. in like eight hours, and this is the exact opposite. Of yeah, that. it takes a long time and it's complicated, and um, you know, dealing with sales tax and dealing with you know, it's just an endless kind of list of things. But um, yeah, it was we were so lucky to have a really great client that. I think kind of knew we were, you know, kind of going into a little bit of uncharted territory for us and was just really patient and, you know, let us kind of work as we needed to. And, um, yeah, there weren't, uh, we were able to like get ahead of it enough to where, you know, we were able to get everything installed in time and delivered on time and, uh, undamaged. So (laughs) (laughs) that was, that was a huge feat and, um, weight, you know, off our backs. Yeah. How early do you involve the builder? in the design process? I mean, is that somebody that you you try to connect the client with the builder as early on in the process as you can, or what, what's y'all's strategy? No, for sure. You know, Nicole and I have, we've been talking about this for 11 years, you know, when's the right time to do all these things. And, um, you know, at this point in Austin, trying to get a realistic budget, we gotta do it as soon as possible, right? Like, so mm-hmm. end of schematic design, we want to get a builder involved and you know where are we at you know what we're just where, where are we tracking um what are some historicals we can look at in terms of cost per square foot to you know show our clients here's what you're getting um so pretty early on as early as possible because um, we'd rather make good decisions like early on and you know <coughs> land you know somewhere in the realm of the you know uh budget goal yeah um, then you know get to a point later in the project and go whoa this is too much yeah um, sure so yeah as early as possible and you know nicole's project she's working on two in colorado right now and on mm. that one we're really leaning on the builders to help like educate us on the yeah, best ways to build imagine. in a climate that we've never built in before 
and uh, we can educate ourselves as much as we can about building that climate, but working with the people that are doing it every day. Yeah. So we got, the, you know, they were involved from the very, very beginning yeah. on that project. Um, so it just depends. It depends on kind of, you know, where we're at and who's, you know, who we're working with. And How early do the clients bring up the budget and the process? Like, does some of them start with that or does some of them start with their yeah. vision and what they want you to mm. I'm just curious That's how that question. evolves. Yeah. Uh, I think it's 50-50, yeah. to be honest. I mean, I think some clients come to us and say, hey, we, 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 we can't be past this number. Like, this is the max. This is what I have mm-hmm. to spend on this project. And some clients want to see what's possible. And we kind of take that approach where we're like, we're not going to limit ourselves. We're going to design something really incredible and show it to you and then see what it costs. And you can make that decision, client, if you want to dial it back or keep going with what, you know, we hope you fell in love with. So of those two options, what would you prefer? <laughs> I kind of know what well, the answer is going to be. He kind of answered that because that was my follow-up question was, well, how do you balance Yeah the awesomeness of a design versus the reality of what it would cost. Yeah. Because the more awesome it can be astronomically expensive. No, totally. It's, um, you know, it's definitely having that, like, in the back of my mind, like, hey, don't, don't go crazy here. Um, maybe thinking about the structure in a more, you know, kind of simple, you know, more, um, I'm not trying to say, um, just, just not complicated. Yeah. yeah. Don't put more than a third hanging out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. You know? um, so, yeah, it's, um, we always want to swing for the fences. We always want to inspire our clients. But, yeah, there's, you know. There's there, limitations. There's just some limitations. And I think what we try and communicate early on is what we feel like we can, you know, what our projects have been tracking at historically. And, you know, take your budget, divide it by this cost per square foot. We need to be in this square footage range. And, um, you know, that's typically going to mean making some sacrifices from the client, you know, mm-hmm. giving up that, you know, golf simulator room or, you yeah. know, the theater or whatever it is. But um, well, there's always like a give and take. Yeah. You know, on both both ends. I mean, from you guys, because I'm sure there's there's a lot of different avenues you could take take a design. But of course, you're like, well, OK, but we're limited, you know, square foot wise or budget wise. So. You know, you have to give in those, you know, instances. And then, of course, the client has to, well, you know, your budget's not really going to allow you, like you said, to have that golf simulator. So there's always that tension, and which I think is necessary. I think it's yeah. a necessary tension uh, that we need to manage. But um, it's just communicating. It's just setting that expectation up front. Yeah. And just, hey, here's where we're going to be. You know, it's like it's become a very, it's become way less of a tense thing over the years. It's just trying to communicate to them so early and set that expectation of, you know, there's going to be some push and pull and some give and take and it's just yeah. part of this process. Yeah. But ultimately, I mean, this is like, we're going to end up with something awesome. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, and uh, Nicole, I kind of wanted to go back to, to you on this this job that you have going on in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems really interesting and that kind of led me to my next thought which was you know, we talked about, you know, how early do you get builders involved, but, yeah. but also, like, who is dictating what a wall assembly is going to be for, for a particular job? And when I mean a wall assembly, it's not just the inside and the outside, right, the finish, but everything in between, Yeah. you know, and obviously that's dictated by budget as well. Totally. Mm-hmm. But um, you're building in a climate, 
I've never built in Colorado. I can only imagine the challenges that are involved with building in a cold climate. It's much, much different than building in Texas, you know, where it's hot and humid all the time, and also different from California. Yeah. So, yeah, like, how do you go about navigating that, getting with the builder, and figuring out, this is this is our budget, you know, what what's building practices, you know, in, like, in Colorado? Kind of walk me through that. I mean, how, how yeah. do you determine... It's been, I mean, it's just wildly collaborative. So we yeah. have the builder, obviously, then we have shoring engineer. We're building into the side of a mountain. We're not building on a mountain, we're building into the side of a mountain. Mm-hmm. We're excavating four levels, three plus levels. Um, so they're shoring, they're civil, um, structural, obviously, mechanical. All these are required for permit, which we're not also used to. We don't need mechanical for permit here in Austin. Yeah, okay. Um, so yeah, it's just been a lot of back and forth, kind of, I think we've, we started with what we know and we've kind of, we designed that way, assuming, you know, we had some background information on how the shoring was going to kind of work and what was going to be required there. Um, but like right now we're currently, we're working with, so everybody but, um, mechanical is from, um, Colorado. We're working with positive energy for our MEP. Um, so yeah, it's just been a lot of communication with structural and civil there, just kind of checking on our end with whether or not we account for things properly. And, um, yeah, just really going back and forth as we're figuring this all out. You know, we're like right now we're, um, so used to using open web trusses and mm-hmm. they want to do, um, TJIs. And so we're just kind of figuring out, okay, well, normally they do, radiant and floor heating and we're going to go ahead and do our typical um, duct system so how do we account for floor thicknesses so it's yeah it's this back and forth of what do they normally do we're kind of actually doing things a little differently and so how are we going to mesh the two it's just it's communication really and then yeah it'll take us a few months to kind of get all that dialed in and then we'll send them for permit how was uh you know how, how has the builder been as far as communicating those those details as, as far as you know vapor barrier and insulation and, and what you and what you mean as far as the structure because i mean it's completely different you have to count for snow load up there and like we don't have that problem here yeah um he's i mean yeah the builder's been open to answering questions that we have and it's it's actually not as different as it is here um there there's you know there's some earthquake stuff and there's the loads and stuff, but the structural engineer is like, you know, he's got everything Mm -hmm. dialed in for that. I think it's come down to, we can kind of do whatever we want. It's just preference on their end from what's available as far as um, what their subs are used to using and from a material standpoint. And so the builder has preferences and he kind of lets us, he's been very good at acknowledging that we are the designers and kind of, we can kind of do whatever we want to do with, you know, within reason, obviously. Um, yeah, I think that's been nice about the builder. It's not, yeah. you know, my way or the highway. It's been a nice experience. Um, we've, done, we've done a couple visits to Telluride and yeah. have walked projects and kind of seen like, you know, hey, how are they building here? What are they doing? How are things yeah. going together? So that was really valuable. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just from our own just kind of precedent research of, you know, how are they doing homes up there? But we have this great team. Positive energy is super important part of this yeah. team because they're the ones that are telling us like, hey, Colorado's getting warmer right. and we're actually going to do a ducted system like we do in Texas. 
And that was really mind blowing. So yeah. there's actually starting to They need AC, which never yeah, used to be the case. They need yeah. AC yeah. now. Yeah. So there's some things that were that are lining up kinda of like, yeah, it's kind of like how we do it. It's exactly like how we do it here. Yeah. And you know, which is kind of mind blowing. Um, but yeah, there's a lot more, you know, just the amount of snow melting and where is all that water going? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, some high level questions and we're not at that phase yet where we're getting into, you the know, wall assemblies yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah. We're still at such a high level. But um, I mentioned, yeah, keep working with these guys and kind of see where we need to be. How what, long has that project been yeah. going? I think we started design maybe two years ago. Yeah. Telluride, um, the, the pockets are in Telluride, and uh, Telluride has a very um, thorough... Um, it's not, it's the historic, so you go through historic permitting first yeah. before you go through the construction permitting. What is that? Sorry, I don't mean. So yeah, it's just, so because we're in Telluride proper, we're not out um, of the like direct city limits. They have control over um, what the project looks like. Okay. Um, Aesthetic. They can make a Which we obviously okay. don't have in sure. Austin. Austin yeah. is very much code. Follow mm-hmm. the code, and you're good. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there was quite a few hoops to jump through with that. Interesting. Um, there's very there's you know limited people on the board and. Um, yeah, it's just a different aesthetic. And so it's hard to do everything there is not, it's not very modern. And so to try and pull off that in between of how modern can we get with still being appropriate with this, yeah, with the aesthetic of the city. That's that's what I was trying to create a mental picture of the perspective of the timeline. So how long was design before you even started the permit process? We designed for about a year. Submitted and then we had about almost another year of revision. And then it sounds like you got two more months before you um, get the permit. Till we submit. Oh, till you submit. So yeah, we, I say we got approval. This was just an aesthetic approval. That's aesthetic all it approval was. back in the like, spring. We are okay with how this building looks. Yeah. So At a glance. Yes. <laughs> just superficially. We're okay with the overall vibe yeah. of the building. Yeah. Right. Jeez. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is you like, can't, we couldn't get any into the meat of it until we got that approval because the whole project could have changed. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no sense in doing wall sections or figuring any of that out because. Dang. Yeah. It's been My an gosh. interesting project. Yeah. So 14 months from initial submission to final submission for the permit. Yeah. We hope so. More, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, like you said, the expectations, right? You set yeah. those expectations. Some yeah. of those processes take a lot of time. Yeah. Our client knew going in that, you know, Telluride is not an easy Hard. place yeah. to get a permit. Yeah. Um, you got to be patient. And I think there's definitely a, you know, a little bit of a vibe of there's a lot of Texans buying properties in Colorado and Telluride mm-hmm. and Aspen and all these wonderful places. So I think there's a little bit of like... We're being you know. checked a little bit. We, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Our path might be a little tougher. Yeah. <laughs> oh, darn. But it's... It's been good. It's an awesome house. We're super... I mean, you know, we shot we shot for... Like, we definitely went for it. The first thing we showed them, it was a glass box. Right. It's, funny look, it's funny looking back. And it's like, <laughs> what were we thinking? <laughs> yeah. But I'm glad we started there because yeah. we ended up with probably bigger like openings that we would have if we started yeah smaller. yeah that's a good compromise well that's awesome though i mean you gotta shoot you know you gotta shoot for the moon yeah yeah i mean why not why I mean, not you, you don't yeah. know if you don't ask totally and yeah i mean worst they can say is no yeah exactly <laughs> Johnny, which i mean they were probably weren't going to anyway yeah. so it's yeah like, totally whatever yeah <laughs> well so how do y'all um how do y'all continue to educate yourselves as far as 
either design or building science, like, because obviously building science really affects design. Yeah. Um, the two kind of go hand in hand. Um, and, you know, with new products that are coming out, you know, new windows and doors that are more energy efficient or, you know, new ERV or AC systems, like, how do you kind of stay up to date with the latest trends, like building science-wise, and, and how does that, you know, affect your overall product? I'd say personally for me, it's just being on the job site as much as possible. I mean, I've learned I've learned the most from the subs and you know the general contractors we've worked with on best building practices. You know, we can draw details all day, but at the end of the day, like the guy actually installing the flashing or whatever it is, you know, I want them to do it how they feel the most comfortable. So you know, being on site, looking at these details, talking to them about transitions, and you know how we're gonna do things is. I feel like how I stay on top of it is just having relationships with these, you know, guys we're working with every day. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think Same. yeah, so, so just the our contractors that we've been working with, like Positive Energy, always has something, you know. Yeah. They're always new that we haven't used before, yeah. you know, especially with Colorado. Um, yeah. And just builders, you know, y'all know what's being installed and what's new and. Just being open, I think, to suggestions. Totally. And so much has come down to timing now. You know, like, you guys probably have a much better idea of how, like, easy it is to source vertical grain whatever right now as opposed to some other thing, you know, oak or walnut. Like, oh, we can get oak faster. You know, that's a different thing than building science, but just stuff like that. No, you're you're right. Mechanical systems. You bring up a good point, yeah, because, I mean, definitely as, you know with COVID and, and the shutdowns and everything that happened and just throwing a wrench in things. I mean, yeah, yeah it's really changed the game. As What's far available as right now? Availability. What can yeah. we use right now? I mean, we've been some jobs. Well, we just experienced it when we walked your project. Yeah. We have refrigerators that are, you know, you order it and we ordered it 18 months ago. 18 yeah. months. Were and it didn't show up. <laughs> a year ago and it didn't show up. Right. One fourth the only one too. Yeah, and that's that's kind of across the board and and constant headaches like that where yeah you just uh, adjust on the fly and yeah. you know have reasonable expectations and yeah for sure. The other well, thing too about I'm sorry real quick about yeah, yeah. knowing science is like there's so many things available now you know there's so many videos on you know YouTube there's Instagram handles I follow of people that are building science experts and that's yeah. all they do. Um, so you know you can kind of you can get online so easy and you know Matt Reisinger's blog you uh-huh. know I mean it's just endless what's actually the content that's out there now and yeah I love watching those oh for sure <laughs> yeah but but I will say to that effect that I think ninety nine percent of the products that are out there yeah. are solid <clears throat> reliable it's kind of to what you said a minute ago it's the trades you work with and how they install them yeah. and that assembly so to speak totally is more important than the product product itself itself, and i will also say it's i find it interesting that uh you can buy products and if you just buy the product you can do whatever you want with it but if you buy the product and you want the warranty Mm. oh there's all kinds of things you got to go through and inspections and different things and what that tells you is the way it's installed, the application, the installer is so important to that process. Totally. I can't remember if it was Dick or Kevin at Dick's office, but I was very young and someone said something like, anything installed correctly is great. It's the way to do it. You can buy, you know, everything gold-plated, install it poorly, and, you know, it's worthless. Exactly. So. Yeah, I think about that a lot. Um, just because something is expensive, you know, doesn't necessarily mean that it's it's nice, yeah. I guess. So, like, you know, you can have a project that's cheap, quote-unquote, 
uh, where maybe it just has a, a smaller budget. But you know, if it's performed well, yeah. if everything is installed as it should, and it's and it's performed with excellence, it's still a great product. In Absolutely. The end. You know, you can throw as much money as you want at something. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's you know a higher end product. Yeah. We know there's ten million dollar houses that you know just have some lipstick on them and you yeah. know look nice, but aren't built well at all. Certainly seen. Yeah. You know, fair share of those. Totally. So I kind of wanted to go, I wanted to transition back to the project that we went and walked. Yeah. Go through some of the challenges, if you will, with that one. Um, you know, not, not just from the, the HOA side of things where we were very limited on the yeah. exterior facade, but, you know, what were some challenges that you went through on that and ha how did you solve them? Um, I mean, I think the big thing was that it's a remodel project. You know, we're working with framing that was bad and walls that were not straight. And, you know, there's always that fine line of like, how far are we going to go to, are we going to just blow, we're going to re replace every single wall or just, yeah. you know, how much can we keep just for, you know, cost savings and time? Um, All right, I got, I got a good question. Yeah. It was in a country club. Yeah. So how was parking and how were the neighbors dealing with all the contractors parking there? That's Man, good. We were lucky actually in that, you know, none of these condos are anyone's full-time residences. They're all <laughs> part-time residences. Uh -huh. So there's not someone there all the time that was like dealing with the trucks and the trash and the porta potty getting, you know, indeed yeah. and the smells. Um, and luckily, man, you know, uh, we're kind of around uh, where all those tennis courts, all those tennis courts were. There's just a long drive. You there. did have a big pocket there. Yeah, so we actually had like pretty good on-site parking, and uh, our client was really, you know, he's close with the neighbors and kind of knew their schedules of like, oh, they're gone all summer. They're in Colorado, so we can park in their two garage bays. You nice. know, so we'd stack three oh, cars, nice. you know, there. <laughs> Um, so yeah, there was definitely some, you know, <laughs> massaging that was going on there, but, um, yeah, the, you know, the HOA came, or, you know, yeah, the, the HOA enforcement came by a couple times, like, you guys can't park here, you can't <laughs> park here. It got complicated during, um, um, Dell match play. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. They're setting up grandstands yeah. and all kinds of stuff. That was a nightmare and we had to like kind of shut down for a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. But um, it was the building, you know, we were trying to make big moves, open up space, capture, un, you know, unused space. And, uh, you know, I got to give Drop House a lot of credit on that because they surgically like threaded the needle with some big structural members yeah. through very tight spaces, somehow got them up using, <laughs> you know, these like, you know, site made pulleys and all this stuff that they do to get these things in there. Um, so their, their work was beautiful. Yeah, they crushed, really they crushed that project, and, um, you know, it was definitely complicated. I gave them about a sixteenth of an inch of play yeah. to yeah. You know, get that staring. But, yeah, they went to that next level and did it. Um, but, yeah, it was just the infrastructure, you know, working with. The building had a lot of leaks. There was rot. There was mold. The decks were a mess. You know, it was like late 70s, early 80s, bad construction, bad construction methods, so it was just constantly like fighting that mm -hmm. and that number of like fixing those things kept growing, which, you know, was kind of hurting our like number for how much we wanted to, you know, kind of go in with some details or design things. But, um, yeah, it was just a building, you know, there's things in hindsight that, you know, the builders and I've talked about like, yeah, we should have reframed that wall, uh. you know, that stair wall where we wanted that perfect quarter inch reveal between the stair edge and the wall and the walls completely wonky. 
yeah, we should have reframed that wall with some, you know, LSL framing. And yeah. It would have been so easy. A lot less labor intensive. Totally. Yeah. You know, we they coded that wall. They skin coded that wall a million times. I bet. So well, they pulled it off. Totally. Did. And a lot of these pictures, too, you know, for people that are listening, I, I was able to get some some good pictures. So I'll be able to put up, you yeah. know, what, what we're talking about here today. Uh, but yeah, no, hats off to everybody. I mean, all the before and after, off. right? You're going to put the before and after because that's, yeah, that puts yeah. it in perspective. Yes. Totally. Yeah. And, uh, and of we course, love those projects. We love those. We love remodels for that thing. Just the before and afters, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. No, I was, I was pretty blown away. Yeah. Looking at, you know, walking it and then going back and looking at the before pictures. I was yeah. like, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you really get a, an idea for the, the change that, that took place. And, yeah. Um, and of course, Adrian and I, we, we walked the job and, uh, you know, we didn't, we weren't just tourists, you know, we were checking yeah. under cabinets. We were looking in all the nooks and crannies. Like, <laughs> I noticed. No stone unturned. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, that's, I think that's just the, the builder, you know, totally. this, but I love that you guys were looking for that. You know, I'm like, Hey, these guys, like they're looking for the stuff that, you know, drives me crazy. Car guys like to pop the hood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I loved when you, you know, I was like, I want to show you this mechanical closet because I know you're going to appreciate yes. it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Probably more than a master bathroom. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. A good, like a well-executed mechanical room is definitely, it's a thing of beauty. It is a thing of beauty. Yeah. So you you'd mentioned one one last thing about that that job that I thought was interesting. You'd mentioned that you had captured or regained some some space. Can you can you talk about that or expand on that a little bit? Yeah, the um, the lower level the site's pretty steep. Um, so from the front you see two stories, but uh, there's a whole sub level. Basically, call it a walkout basement. Mm-hmm. And um, the building's set up to where you kind of enter in the center, and there's a garage bay on either side. And uh, those garage bays are steel beams with concrete, uh, with Pandek poured concrete. Uh-huh. That's what's supporting those garages. And there was just nothing beneath the garages. It was just empty, untouched space. One of, the, uh, one of our client's neighbors had discovered that and captured some of that space. And it was like, yeah, well. You know, Hell yeah, why not? Yeah, exactly. And it wasn't affecting any of our city of Austin numbers because it was under existing footprints. So we weren't adding impervious. And technically, you know, we, we didn't have FAR to deal with, but it was exempted, you know, from any additional, you know, square footage that the city cared about. So, yeah, and it was a game changer, you know, mm-hmm. for a real game changer for the properties or for the condo. The downstairs was the, the kind of weak, the weak part of the whole project. You know, the main two levels were livable. They were fine. They were mm-hmm. dated, but, you know, they were okay. Sure. Um, but the basement was just kind of weird and dark and disconnected. And it really did feel like the basement. Yeah. So the goal was to make it feel like just another living level. Man, uh, yeah, yeah, I achieved. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That it turned out great. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think you know we toured a little later in the evening, but you know there were, even then there was still natural light coming down that stairwell uh, exactly. and and bringing that that light into that basement. Yeah. So yeah, really well done, well executed. Beautiful design. Thanks, man. Tip of the hat to all you guys. Yeah, I mean it's one of those things. Nicole and I talk about it all the time. Of you know, we're trying to get these three these three boxes checked: a good client, a good budget, and a good builder. And most of the time, you get two of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was a project where we really did get all three. So, what's your criteria, I guess, for picking a builder? You know, this is early on in the design process. Like, what are you looking for? 
Uh, what are some notes that I guess builders listening could, could yeah. maybe could maybe take? Well, it feels like this past couple years, like four or five years, it's been like who's available to yeah. build a project? Sure. Who can actually take on a project sometime? Yeah. So I think Nicole and I are always kind of balancing like how soon should we reach out to these guys? How soon should we check in and say, hey, we got a project that we might be ready to go in a year? So that's kind of the main thing. And uh, I think for us, it's always been trying to find a good personality fit for our clients. Like, you know, which of these builders that we know is at the end of the day, you know, we're going to be sitting around having a beer together because they're going to have something in common or have a, you know, we try and get someone that's going to like just fill the team, fill the team out. And I think personality is so much of it. It's such an intimate project, intimate relationship. I think there's got to be like at least some kind of common ground or, you know, something to, you know, connect Who's going to connect best with this client? Yeah. So if you have a crappy personality, you really need to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the first thing we're trying to limit is the amount of crappy personalities that we're working with. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's too. I mean, yeah, yeah all the time. <laughs> all right. So kind of a dumb question, but I, I, I've been asked this before, and I'm, I'm not a designer. I'm not an architect. So sometimes I struggle to answer, but what is an architect and like what is architecture what does it mean to to each of you i mean you both have very unique backgrounds and architecture is not just a a word it's it's a verb you know it takes on different meaning depending on the context so you know i'm going to open the floor to both of you if you kind of want to expand on what is an architect and what does architecture mean to you Mm. no pressure (laughs) <laughs> it's a loaded question. Yeah, no, take, take your time. Um, <laughs> to me, architecture is it's my built environment, but it's, I think beyond that, it's just, it's something, it's your built environment that's just thoughtful. I think there's a difference between something that's kind of getting slopped up and something that has been thought through, and really you're thinking about not only how somebody's going to walk through it and experience it, but um, how, like, a specific person is going to, like, if you're really talking about, you know, what we do, which is homes, like how is, how is this going to affect this specific individual? Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it's just, it's just all about the thoughtfulness. I think you kind of hit the nail on the head maybe Yeah. because it's kind of a privilege. I mean, we think about it. I mean, it's, it's such a privilege to be able to, to, to be able to have that ability to, to be able to have that resource. You know, there, there's a lot of um, places, you know, even even in this country that, you know, they can't afford an architect. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's more, um, you know, the, the design is more, um, what, what am I looking for? Um, it's it's more needs driven. Like, yeah. I don't know. Purpose. Yeah, per, yeah it's, it's purpose. It's, super, it's specific to that, to that user. Yeah. Whereas, like architecture is kind of how you're putting it is you know it's it's kind of like art that you can live in and mm-hmm. so art is supposed to evoke some kind of an emotion mm-hmm. yeah you know whereas design is supposed to solve a problem yeah. so you're kind of melding the two together you're you're not only solving a problem but you're doing it artfully and yeah. you're bringing about some kind of emotion or feeling you know when you when you walk into the space or when you first drive up and, and see it yeah. Right, so I I think you you've definitely hit the nail there. And yeah, I think the main thing of like what is an architect is I think a collaborator is the first thing mm-hmm. I think of. Because um, you really have to be, you know, just your clients, your builders, there's all these different people that you need to 
be able to communicate with and talk to. So yeah, I think collaborators, um, how do I think of, you know, what is an architect? It's a great collaborator. Yeah. And um, someone who has a vision and can work with people, work with clients and, you know, bring mm-hmm. that vision to life. Well said. I have to, yeah, you're, you're like the, what is it, the, the maestro. You're kind of leading the orchestra, if you will. Yeah. And, um, I, I heard it said that a good analogy was like, um, you know, when you think about a, a kitchen, you know, the, the architect is the one who writes the recipe and the builder is the chef who actually executes <laughs> it, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's kind of an analogy for, no, totally. you know, this collaborative effort that's, yeah. you know, that exists between architect and builder and client and trade and everything totally. else. Yeah, it's, it's, There's it's so all, many people involved. I mean, yeah. that's what people don't realize. You, know? you really get down to it. I mean, there's thousands of, of men and women involved yeah. in, in the process that are behind the scenes, you know, totally. and there's a, a lot of hands that, that so are involved and a lot of mouths to feed, you know, yeah. and so it's, it's really a widespread industry. Yeah. Um, well, perfect. So enough with all that. Let's, I want to get to know you guys a little better. <laughs> so, you know, what do y'all do for fun? Hmm. Nicole, you have two kiddos, right? I do. That's why it's a hard question to answer. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, how old are they? They are just over three each, so they're twins. Wow, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. The things I do for fun, I haven't really done those in a while. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, they, they are a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I love to travel. Traveling's just... Traveling's the best. It really is. Yeah. It helps clear your head, and the perspective is always fun. And um, Movies love to watch movies that's i think one thing i miss the most since having kids is like going to the movies whenever i want um it'll be good to do that again <laughs> you seen any good ones lately uh, well i was probably with you what was the last movie we saw <laughs> every once in a while like maybe once a month every couple months we'll do an, uh, an office office movie, office movie friday oh, cool. yeah. for lunch we'll go to draft house and you know see a movie and... love i love draft house yeah. yeah awesome um i don't know what did we um, see last <laughs> We see Barbie. Maybe we saw Barbie last. Barbie. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually kind of architecturally entertaining. Yeah, it was. Um, sets were really cool. Yeah. And then what else? I mean, back in my back in my day, I like really enjoy painting. So I have. Okay. Nicole's yeah. a very good painter. I have I have oh, unfinished cool. painting that's been hung on my wall for. <laughs> I don't even want to tell you for how long, but. To the point where my girls now tell me that I have to finish it. They're old enough to know that it's not finished, and they <laughs> tell me to finish it. So I'll get back into that. Well, maybe that's it. Maybe that's that's the title. Yeah. Unfinished. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's got to get finished. It'll get finished. <laughs> I know what you mean. And I, I have two kids of my own, and they're young, five and three. So yeah, I asked the same question to my wife. Like, what do you like to do for fun? Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> we remember time. what we did for fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, sleep. Sleep yeah. is yeah, like exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, well, what about you? What do you like? What do you like to do? Um, I love to play and watch basketball. Basketball is probably my number one passion in life, and um, I love to listen to the Grateful Dead all day, every day. Nice. And um, yeah. <laughs> basketball through high school or yeah basketball high school playing college a little bit and um yeah i just love it um i think about it all the time 
and um, you know, being from San Antonio, I'm a huge Spurs fan. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so that's always a you know big connection for me. But you know, just getting out in Austin, I love everything Austin has to offer. Um, there's always something to do in Austin. Great restaurants. I just like being out and being out amongst the amongst the people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we're coming up on Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's, you know. That's crazy. When we're, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, what are, what are y'all thankful for this year? A lot of things. Um, the kids, the girls. Thankful for the girls. That was a total, did not see the life trajectory involving <laughs> twins. That yeah. was wild. Um, so, yeah, it's been good. Yeah. Wouldn't have ever seen my life being what it is now, and they've made it great. Absolutely. Very thankful for that. Thankful for the job with Matt. It's been a ride. Yeah. It's been a really fun ride. I think it's um, it's been a learning curve for me, and yeah, I think it's evolved into something really fun. So it's been the job is really fun. So I'm yeah. thankful for that. Yeah. yeah. I I get it though. I understand your your plight because yeah, with kids it kind of consumes your life, especially yeah, with, with little ones, and yeah. you know so. Your kids just flood your mind all day and every day, mm-hmm. and so yeah, being being thankful for for kids and and the life changing you know things that they are. Um, I can understand like somebody asks you that question, it's like you know I don't know. Uh, yeah. I'm thankful, yeah. <laughs> thankful for my yeah. kids, and that's about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So floor is open to you. No man, I'm, you know personally, I'm thankful for you know my great friends and family, of course. I mean, you know, this is a hard job, and they have to hear me, you know. <laughs> complain about it you know I need some uh, sympathy sometimes or someone to listen so I'm thankful for them for you know hearing that and then you know professionally of course you know Nicole and my team and um, I I was thinking the other day um, I was telling my cousin that I think what I really love about it is it doesn't feel like a job you know like I can't believe we get to like you said it's a Mm -hmm. privilege dude like we don't get like we get to design people's homes Yeah. you know like it's pretty awesome. So I'm pretty thankful for that, that we have all these like cool people that trust us to do that. Mm-hmm. And then we have these, you know, all these great builders in the city that, you know, want to build these projects for us. <laughs> I mean, it feels pretty awesome. Yeah. And I'm super thankful for that. Just all the people, you know, that make, you know, my life awesome. Very good. Yeah. yeah I think it's always, I mean, it's always important, I think, to reflect, you know, it's, it's very easy to get caught up in the day to day and all the crap that's going on you know in your personal life or at work and it's very easy to kind of grumble and complain and and to be ungrateful I and mean, that's that's yeah. super easy totally I mean, all day every day i'm there yeah <laughs> it's a grind this, this job is a grind you know these projects last so long they do mm-hmm. you're gonna have a moment of like oh my gosh i can't anymore yeah. this you know every burnout does that <laughs> yeah <laughs> these houses are complicated you know they're taking three two four, four years yeah. you know, three four years to build mm-hmm. yeah so yeah there's moments of you know tough times good team good friends you know help you kind of see past all that have that reality check yeah so along the lines of because you said designing people's houses is your and i've thought about this before is your preference each that because i've seen this before you know Somebody goes and they design a box, and then they just go stick it on a lot somewhere. It doesn't really matter what the lot is, but I built my, I designed my box and I took it somewhere and I put it somewhere. Or, so I guess my question is, do you, would you prefer to design the, the structure to then not really know where it goes, or have a blank slate at a, 
at a project site and then design from that? Like how much does that site really impact? It's everything. It's everything. Right. Yeah. You kind of need that first, not the box, and mm -hmm. just go find somewhere to put it. Totally. I think that'd be kind of weird. Like, But you see it. You see it out there because people will take... Yeah. Not necessarily oh, yeah. at your high level, definitely yeah. not, yeah. but yeah. you see it out there. Yeah. It's like, man, they just looked for a place to put that. Yeah. Mm. I think mean, it just kind of depends. I mean, just, you know, I was thinking about, like, our typical city of Austin lot. we got to look at a whole bunch of things to mm -hmm. even start design. But, like, projects that we've done kind of out in the country on big open kind of things, it's still about, like, let's find it's a tree to, like, yeah, it's about your mark where this thing's going. And let's find something to highlight. And, and yeah. What's north, south, and what, you know? It's just, I don't, I don't even know if I know where to start with the first option. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right? You kind of have to, like, set your parameters and have a direction to go in. Kind of can't build, build in a vacuum well. Yeah. That's, that's what it is, is building yeah. in a vacuum. Yeah. 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 That always drives me nuts. I see builders where I live, um, you know, they'll, they'll buy a lot, you know, they'll build um, spec homes. Yeah. They'll, they'll buy a lot and they'll just completely clear cut it of everything. Yeah. I'm just like, man, what did you do? Like, totally. You know, I, it's like get an understanding for the land first. Yeah. You know, d design your house according to, to the land and remove what you have to. I'm, yeah. I'm not a tree hugger by any means, yeah. but it's like, dude, I mean, you can't just come in and clear cut. I mean, yeah. you're getting rid of most of the character of the, of the property. I mean, totally. And so, yeah, I mean, to that, to that degree, it's just, it's, you know, there's gotta be something to anchor the building to the site. Yeah. There's exactly. gotta be a connector piece between the two or it just kind of feels weird. Yeah. Well, uh, last dumb question. <laughs> we're, um, we're going into, the holiday, you know, we're going into uh, Christmas, so you know, as as a designer, what are what are some good gift options oh, no. for people who are listening, who maybe has a friend who's a, who's a designer? Terrible at the gifting. Um, What's your dream gift for the holidays, though? Yeah, <clears throat> sleep. Mm, sleep. That's actually a really good answer. Babysitting. Um, <laughs> Husband to take the take the kids for a while and just. I mean, I think for the designer question, I think of books like really yeah. good yeah. books. Also, um, my coffee table book. You yeah. Know, like, okay. Um, case study houses. Really great. Or okay. Design. Schindler photography. Yeah. Great not, architecture. Not, ebook, like, uh, not, not an Amazon ebook. <laughs> that won't work. Books are they're not cheap. They're expensive and. Yeah. But it needs to be for, paid. for Christmas Eames, gifts. Eames like that's a great, great book. treat. Yeah. 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 Totally. I was gonna say books are the best. Yeah. Because um, there's so many. I mean, look at all these books in this office. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh yeah, you could go um, crazy. And then Charles and Ray Eames designed all these cool little objects all these years. These like birds and these little you know just like objects you can put on the shelf. Well, very cool. Yeah. Matt, uh, Nicole, I really appreciate your time. Yeah, uh, it was your time. it was great to uh, to sit down, share a, a beer, and to uh, to talk with you guys. Um, yeah, I, I wish you the best. Y'all yeah. y'all done some phenomenal jobs. Um, Thanks, man. Can't wait to see you know the, what's what's coming up in the future. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, cheers to you guys. Um, cheers, guys. Appreciate cheers. it. Appreciate yeah. your time. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Talk soon. We hope you enjoyed this discussion. For more information on upcoming episodes, follow us on Instagram. We want to hear from you, so leave us some feedback to help us shape future episodes.